be willing to start small. Don't wait. You can't, don't wait until you think you, it's enough money. Start small. Have patience when you least want to. Welcome to the Wealth Matters Podcast, where investors come together to better understand how to build passive cash flow and create generational wealth without all the confusing mumbo jumbo. Here's your host and co-author of Amazon number one bestseller, Alpesh Pamar. Welcome to Wealth Matters Podcast. I am going to talk to Mr. Hans Hansen today. Hans is a national college advisor. He is working with families and colleges from every state in the country. He saves parents tens of thousands on college costs. Uh, he turns people's dream into reality. His approach is taking the logical approach to college, not the typical approach. So welcome, Hans. Well, welcome to you. It's a, it's a great honor to be here on your podcast. So thank you very much. No, I appreciate that. Tell us something interesting or funny about yourself. All right. Well, I'd like to introduce you to my best friend. Are you ready for this? Uh-huh. All right. My best friend right here. Oopsie. My bass guitar. Oh. My best friend. It's right here. Ready access. And I'm going to share a quick story. The story is this. It was two years ago. I was sitting in the dental chair. My hygienist always asks me some interesting questions. So I'm sitting there with things in my mouth and she asks me, Hans, is there anything about your life that you've missed out on? And I say, well, I'm sure probably I've missed out on a few things, but I know this, when I come back in my next life, I'm coming back as a bass player. Ah. She said to me, Hans, you might not want to wait until then. Uh, I go, oh my gosh. And in a month's time, I bought my first bass. In, in four months' time, I started taking lessons. Since then, I have five basses and four amps. And I played in three concerts. And I have a concert next Saturday. We're playing Fleetwood Mac music uh, next Saturday afternoon. No way. And how, how long ago was this? Uh, it just started like a year and a half ago. That's crazy, man. Now, now you are telling me that I need to start because I always want to play guitar. That's like one of my dream. Well, see, it was my dream for all these years. And it took <clears throat> my dental hygienist to say, you might not want to wait until then. And it's, oh my God. And I'll tell you, <laughs> it's the most amazing thing. This is my fifth bass, the one I shared wow. with you. Wow. And each time... It, the basses cost more, and each time well, the amp, amp got bigger. <laughs> so now I'm sitting over here with a beautiful 500-watt amp yeah. and a beautiful bass guitar, and I just love it. That's awesome. Hey, Hans, so do you invest in anything, and what kind of assets do you invest in? Yeah, let's, let's say that there's two kinds of investments. One is, let's say, standard financial investments, and I've earned a good income all my life and i've had the classic balanced stock portfolio so i've had that going for 30 years so you know that over the course of 30 years there's been some big run-ups mm -hmm. and some big <laughs> falls and run-ups are always nice the big falls 
are very uh, painful. nasty. <laughs> yeah, they are nasty. Yep. And they, they, at least for me, they, they affect the way I think. So, uh, but over the course of time, it, it, it tends to work out okay. But uh, uh, the other investment I make is in myself. This is what I believe, and this is what I teach and coach and mentor. If you want to be better at something, you have to be willing to invest time, energy, emotion, and money. Four things. Nice. Time, energy, emotion, and money. You invest those four things in yourself to be better, you'll get better. So with the base, I'll, I don't care what it costs or what, how much time, I'm investing my energy and my emotion. I'm deep, deeply uh, emotionally attached to it, to, to the performances and working with other band members. So that's a, that I'm always investing in myself through time, energy, uh, effort, and money. That's awesome. So let's talk about, talk about college because you focus on helping others save thousands in colleges, right? What are the most common mistakes people make in their college approach? Yeah, so let's, let's identify like an everyday mistake, a strategic mistake, and a tactical mistake. So the everyday basic mistake is people wait. They just wait and wait and right. wait. They know it's coming. Mm -hmm. But they wait and 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 really hope that somebody else jumps in and takes care of their child for them. Well, that never works. Yeah. So and wait is a problem with everything we do in life. Right. Like, as you said, the guitar means I'm waiting. Right. Investment. A lot of people talk to me. Uh, some of my friends have asked me for advice two, three years ago. And I, I asked them right now, did you buy a house or rental property? No, we are waiting for the price to drop. So weight is a big problem for everyone. <laughs> yeah, well, indecision or inaction is a decision. Mm -hmm. And it's costly in every one of our <laughs> businesses, very much so in your business and also in, in the college business. Now, speaking of that, here's an interesting one. The strategic mistake people make, since you mentioned buying a house, is if you were going to buy a house a year and a half from now, wouldn't you have a budget for it? Wouldn't you right. know how much you're willing to pay and how much you can pay on a monthly yes. uh, basis? However, people get to within three months of sending their child to college. They don't have a budget. Alpeach, I can ask 100 people in, in, a, in a seminar, what is your budget for college costs? And not one person will like raise their hand. They'll all sit there and say, oh, 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 we don't have one. How do you, you know, you don't walk on a car dealership without a budget. Right. right. We don't even go out to dinner without a budget, do we? No. We go out to dinner. We know how much we're willing to spend. Yeah, of course. And we know what we want in return. So I don't mind paying $18 for a really good cheeseburger. It just better be good. The right. bacon better be right. crisp. Right. right. All those things. People will pay $300,000 for college without doing any of those things. And then the tactical mistake is people fall right in line with the college wishes. Uh, they randomly visit colleges. They sign up for tours. They show up uh, outside the admission office. Then a graduate student comes and leads them around the campus, <laughs> telling them 
what the colleges what want they want to you to hear right yep. so and so i i think what i was actually going to this is this how colleges take control of the process it is by design by design through the admission office which is like the upfront sales and marketing yeah. <laughs> function of the college hey this is the the deal our piece over the last 20 years colleges know they've studied parent behavior forever right yeah they have known in the last 20 years to invest in student appeal mm. not student outcomes right so then when families unsuspectingly walk on a campus sign up for a tour because they were told to do that and then they get shown around they're being mm. led around to what is appealing to the student and they know that parents buy college emotionally. I would bet that you advise your clients don't do not be emotional buyers of big ticket items. Right, of course. You, you want to be an emotional buyer of a cheeseburger, go ahead and spend the $20. Yeah. Don't be an emotional buyer of a home or college because when they do it with college, it's the emotion that they have attached to their child. And right. colleges know that if they get the child to love what they see, oh, look at the gourmet pizzas in the, in the cafeteria, <laughs> then the parents are ready to yeah. throw the money at it. Uh, that, so uh, what can then parents do differently uh, to get the control back? <clears throat> well, see, that's a great question. It leads right mm. into this. Imagine a family driving up to a college. Let's just say they're a mile away from the campus and they have their child with them. So typically what parents are doing is telling their kids how much they're going to, they're saying, isn't this exciting? Isn't this beautiful? Right, isn't right. <laughs> you got to throw all that out the window. Parents need to ask themselves one question. Do I want to do business with this college for the next four years? Business. Okay. Yeah. Do, do I want to do business with them? Get away from the hype and focus on outcomes. Here's the problem. And it should, it should be simple, but it's not. If you focus on outcomes, then you're focusing on your child. If you're focusing on the hype, the prestige, the rankings, you're focusing on yourself. Mm. And that's what parents like to do. Colleges know that about parents and they will pay to get it. That, that's a gr great point you mentioned. And it got me thinking right now that, yes, when I was a kid, when I was going to college, I wanted to go to certain college, right? And when I'm a parent, I'm always thinking, oh, my daughter should go to Stanford or UPenn or this and that or Carnegie Mellon or whatnot, right? So I, you're right. It's about the prestige and not thinking about <laughs> you know, the Which means it's about them. Kids yes. don't care. Kids don't care about prestige and i think i think the old time 2000 year ago definition of prestige is deception <laughs> think about that and then you think about what the colleges have done for 20 years and i'm not bashing colleges but right. this is what they have created because they know parents will buy it right that has to change 
but it won't change from the colleges until the parents make a change. And oh, the yeah, parents yeah. are not inclined to make a change. Consumers have to change their behavior. Yeah, of course. Yep. And until and they do, <laughs> colleges, colleges like now, costs continue to escalate right. at incredible amounts. Alpeach, there are colleges that are almost just about to hit $90,000 a year. Wow. Wow. So COVID-19 did not slow that down at all. Right. Parents had their opportunity last summer and they fumbled the ball. Right. Yeah. Again. Oh, that's uh, that's uh, that's very interesting. So, did anything change with COVID nineteen? Because I thought you know a lot of students would be home; they will study online, and colleges may reduce fees because they don't have the all the expenses around. So nothing changed, huh? Well, you know, when we look back, let's say ten years from now, we look back. Well, we're going to hear people's stories. Oh, I had to stay home. I had to do it online. I didn't right. like it. We missed out on the fun. But, and I bet you'll say the same about your business. What didn't work 10 years ago, hoping, waiting, and wishing, but didn't work, indecision, inaction, what didn't work 10 years ago, doesn't work today, and it won't work 10 years from now. What did work 10 years ago, which is building relationships. This is a a relationship-building contest. It was 10 years ago, it is today, and it continues, it'll be, it'll be this way 10 and 20 years from now. The stories of 2020 and 2021 will be stories, but we're not going to, and we will always see online studies. So that, that they're never going away. Yeah. And I live in the Northeast, you know, in snow country, there should never again be a snow day where it snows. Right. <laughs> no. It's a it's a stay at home online online yes yeah you don't have so, to read so those Makes are sense. some some shifts and you will see colleges or some colleges not the top elite hundred colleges but you start to get into the mid level colleges and they have to adjust their business model to start to focus on being a job resource center hmm. not trying to appeal to to students likings. Become a job research center, focus on outcomes. You, we're going to see several hundred colleges in the next five years be, be more centrally focused on outcomes and providing resources to help kids get jobs and also streamline them to getting jobs. Those will be, that will be the core uh, benefit proposition of many colleges, not the top 100, but like the next six or 700 after the top 100 to get kids jobs, streamline it, lower the, the cost, lower the time it takes and, and increase and improve upon their entry into the workplace. That's awesome. So what are some of the unique advantages that you help students gain? Well, because I look at this now, remember, college logic, taking the logical approach, not the typical approach, the logical approach is to look at this as a relationship building contest. Mm. Now it's not typical. What do you mean by relationship building contest? It's not so much a talent or skill contest. Okay. It is building relationships with key decision makers within Ah, the admissions office, the people deciding in the admissions office could be in the financial aid office. If you expect financial aid, if you want to be an athlete, it's in the athletic offices. 
And the one thing that's missed by 999 out of every thousand people who visit a college is they don't go and meet the people in their child's intended study program. So in mm, other words, yes. business, you got to go to the business school. If you're going to be in health sciences, go to the health science right. department. If you, if you want to do engineering, go to the engineering department, because when you do that, now you're starting to focus on outcomes. Mm. So you start to build relationships. When you build relationships with these people, you leave the college with a much clearer understanding of two things. Number one, how they do business. And number two, what your real opportunity is. So we need to, we, we need to under, understand and real opportunity, decipher real opportunity from the false fronts hmm. that everybody hears on tours. I'll piece the most, the greatest fake news item i think in america is this idea that in every at, in every, at every college during the tour uh, the tour guide announces that the college has 90 percent job placement rate <laughs> every college right <laughs> says that and i'll peach i'll go on the record right now that there's not one college in the country now or ever who had anywhere close to a 90% job placement rate. Wow. And I'll further say this, there's not one college who tracks it. Ooh. So I would suggest to the people, next time you hear them say there's a 90% job placement rate, ask them, well, how do you track that? I don't see any, I don't see any departments here uh, right. or, or resources being allocated to uh, job placement because you know dar darn well, the first call you get from the college after you graduate is from the alumni association right, yeah. wanting more money. It's yeah. not somebody who's checking in to see if you got a job or what yeah. they can do to help you get a job. Nope. So, yeah. So we have to understand in the department of study, what's going to happen over the four years to get internships, research assignments, study abroad opportunities, uh, uh, job interviews, who's going to do that and how is it going to happen? So that's why it's building relationships. Can you imagine, you can go spend four years at a college right now, you're gonna, let's just say, send your child, spend four years, they're gonna spend four years in that department of study. And you're gonna make a decision about your child's college, four years, 1,000 days on a campus and you make that decision and you haven't even met one person in the department of study that's going to interact with your child for four years. Right. So see, it's, it, it makes logical sense. Would you agree that you should go meet these people? Oh, absolutely. I, I, I yeah, it's, uh, you're so opening it's my eyes <laughs> right yeah, now. Yeah. So when, when I share that with people, it becomes very, it's highly, it's logical, but yep. it's one out of a thousand now, Peach. People are wow. making decisions spending tens of thousands of dollars uh, and, and, and they're, they're focused on student appeal, not, yep. not outcomes. That is why the unemployment rate of college graduates <clears throat> for the last five years is so high. It's so high, nobody's publishing the number. Really? I can, I, I'll say this from what I understand, 
and I believe it, there's an 80% unemployed slash underemployment. Ooh, wow, wow. After paying so much money and spending four or five years in the college, right? Wow. They come that, home that, that. and live at home. And hey, we love our baristas at the coffee shop, but you, <laughs> don't, you don't need to go to college to get to, to, to get the, yeah, to get the barista degree, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we need to get people to change the way they look at. It. That's my job always, Alpish, is get people to look at college differently and approach it differently. Do I want to do business at this college? What are the anticipated outcomes? Not because a graduate student just spits out. 90% job placement rate. Right. <laughs> when, when somebody says, I heard them say 90% job placement rate, you know what I always ask? Uh, how did it make you feel when you heard that? And every parent will say, it made me feel that the college is worth it. Right, of course. Yeah, so that's exactly what the college wanted. Now yeah. you're ready to pay. Yeah, yeah. So when is, is it too early or too late for starting the college process? Is it when the kid is in sophomore or? Well, the ideal time is ninth or 10th grade when you can okay. look ahead and you can plan out your high school schedule to have AP classes, to have the right courses lined up. And you also have time to line up uh, other activities, might be a, a blog site, might you might want to, uh, join or launch a nonprofit organization. So you have time to do these things if you if you get involved early enough. Uh, typically, fathers are thinking about this. Sometimes by the time the kid is born, the dad's already thinking about it. So in your case, with Wealth Matters, if, if a parent is thinking about this and their kids are in fifth, sixth, seventh grade, they need to be taking measures then to make sure that the high school path works out properly. In terms of the college process itself, uh, it's ideally second half of ninth grade, first half of 10th grade, when families come to me, we're always going to get the best outcomes. And here's the real problem with the college process that parents don't think about. It's like the movie, The Wizard of Oz. You remember the, uh, the Wicked Witch mm -hmm. of the West has, has that clock and turns it upside down and and, 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 every, and time is going by. People time out in this process. They're not thinking about it. They're not thinking that there's, there's a deadline coming up. Right. Time out of it. And when, when, when you give up time, then you can't get it back. And you compromise the experience and you compromise the outcomes. And it costs you a lot of money when you just wait and allow time to go by. That's great. So uh, you mentioned about like, let's a blog site or a nonprofit. Do any of those help with admissions or even getting financial yep. aid? Not financial aid, admissions and scholarships, yes. Okay. Hey, I have a student at USC right now in a $70,000 scholarship package. 70,000 a year out of $75,000. Really? Yep. Wow. She launched a non-for-profit organization when she was a sophomore in high school related to her field of study. Okay. And that website, uh, that, that non-profit organization is called futurefrogmen.org, and it's thriving today, five or six years later. Now, she's not directly involved in it today, even though she's no, sits of course. on the board, yeah. but she launched it. And 
So that uh, that got her a, a huge scholarship. That and a couple other things that she did. Uh, so, uh, but none of it financial aid is a whole nother subject. So yeah, yeah. But if we think about scholarships, yes, those things matter. And but what it does to me, Alpish, is I, it gets me to get the kids to have a vision, right? Have a focus. Look ahead. That's what do you true. see going on in this world? Where can you help? I have uh, I have a young man who started a, a non for profit organization in Hartford, Connecticut. He's raising money for uh, 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 entry level barbers, mm. minority barbers coming in. Who wants to? He's raising money to help them build a shop. Right now, he's working with helping ten barbers launch their own business. That's awesome. I, this is a 16 year old doing this. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Now, I don't care if he raises two thousand dollars or thirty thousand yeah. or fifty. That doesn't matter. He's yeah. thinking he's involved. He's engaged. That's what we have to get from these kids. So these tools are not tools Alpish, just to get admissions, acceptances or scholarships. The tools to get the kids engaged in life with a vision going forward and, to, and, and an ability or a platform for them to express themselves. This is great. I enjoyed it so much. I was just listening. Uh, you opened my eyes. So let's take a quick break. And after the break, we'll go through the same five questions I ask every guest. You're listening to the Wealth Matters Podcast. The Wealth Matters Podcast. For more info about what we do, check us out at wealthmatters.com. It's wealth, W-E-A-L-T-H, matters, M-A-T-R-S, dot com. Welcome back to Wealth Matters Podcast. Hans was throwing some golden nuggets right here. So thank you, Hans, for doing that. Are you ready for fire round? I am. You bet. PowerPoints. That's what I call these things. Power punches, PowerPoint. Boom. Let's go. Would you be changing any business or investment strategy after this pandemic is over? No, no, because life is, is not a, you know, it's not a, it's not a rush. It's not a sprint. Uh, uh, this, this is a storyline. It's a huge storyline in our lives, but still every, everything that you have learned in your life still applies today. We learn from our experiences and we adjust, right? So, uh, so that's fine. But here's the one thing, the one point I would make, and, 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 and I discuss this with kids all the time, don't let this be an excuse, mm. an excuse for poor performance or underperformance. It may be a reason that things were tough, but nobody cares about excuses. Right. <laughs> is why you underperformed. So the one thing that is is always the case, you have to be proactive, you have to be involved, you have to get ahead and, and stay ahead. Just like in a football game, everybody wants to get out to a, a 20 point lead because you win a lot more games when you do it. The same applies right now. Our strategy every year is to get out to a 20 point lead and play from ahead and win in the end. That's great. Favorite real estate, finance, or business book? Oh, man. Stephen Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Effective oh, People. Oh, yes. I've modeled my entire business approach after, after this book. Oh, really? Okay. So I've read it a, a handful of times. I love it because it applies. It applies yes. in your work. 
It applies in mind. Habit number one, be proactive. Habit number two, begin with the end in mind. Right. How do you want this to turn out? Then habit number three, put first things first. Take care of things when they are important and don't let them become urgent. Urgent. We live in a society that people wake up, wake up every day with urgency mm-hmm. and they spend their time on urgencies. They're detracted from anything that's important. Right. Stephen Covey says, why don't people spend more time on things that are important? And the answer is because they're not urgent. Right. That's true. So when we think <laughs> about an approach to you know, wealth management or college, We have to get people thinking about what's important. I always ask kids and parents too, but kids, what's most important to you? I give, I don't ask them for a response immediate. I give them a week to think about it. Come back to me with an email or a call. What's most important to you? Simple questions, but tough answers. Oh, yes. Yes. That's a simple question for sure. Any tool or website you recommend? Well, naturally. I have a Facebook group called College Clarity Facebook group. Yeah, sure, I recommend that because we, I post interesting articles, relevant articles about college, about careers, about jobs, about scholarships, about athletic recruiting, whatever it is. It's I post top quality content in there, and and you know I'm the resource. I have all the scripts and templates. I'm high. My process, like Stephen Covey, is highly structured uh, with with the scripts and the templates. And anybody who I wind up speaking with winds up with scripts and templates for emails or questions to ask on a college visit, things like that. So that that's that's a little self-serving that response, <laughs> but but it's how I feel. That's great. Any advice for beginner investors? Well. Be willing to start small. Don't wait. You can't. Don't wait until you think it's enough money. Start small. Have patience when you least want to. Right. <laughs> now, I, I don't. I don't. I, I can't do that. It's easy for me to recommend it to somebody else, but uh, but yeah, we have to have patience when we least want to. And from a wealth management standpoint, Alpish. People need to make you, let's say, their partner. People need the wealth manager to be a partner in their life. Not just look at it as a service, that the wealth manager needs to be a partner. Choose somebody that you trust and you feel right about in terms of partnering with them, where they truly understand your situation and your goals and your interests. That's awesome. How do you give back? Well, I always have a few non-paid students. So I, I, I have, I work with some wealthy families. I work with some single moms that are unemployed. I have families who have become unemployed through COVID. If they come to me and they have a student that has deep internal passion for, for getting ahead, I will always make room for them. So that's one little thing. Of course, I do free educational webinars and but on an uh you know for organizations things like that but here here's 
here's my deal, Apish. I, I wake up every day, every single day with purpose and intention to share or to inspire or to motivate people, anybody, anybody, motivate, inspire people to take ownership of their life, internalize. It's it's just a constant thing of mine. And I I think that uh, in every situation I, I enter, I have that in mind, the purpose and intention to inspire and motivate people to take ownership of their life. People need that more today than ever before. I mean, they, people have always needed it probably for a thousand years, but more now than ever, they, they need to take ownership of their outcome. And I'm always, I'm just a phone call away from inspiring and motivating people to do that. I'm not somebody that uh, they can call and expect me to feel sorry for them. <laughs> I, I want to understand their situation, but I have to motivate and inspire them to take action. That's the best work we can do, Alpish, is to yes. motivate, inspire people to take proper action. action. That's great. How can my listeners reach out to you? Well, hey, thanks for asking. Uh, my business is called College Logic. My website is mycollegelogic.com. My email is my first name, Hans, H-A-N-S, at mycollegelogic.com. Join my College Clarity Facebook group. Send me a note. I'm, I'm here. I'm here for you. I'm here to help people. I, I take it serious. I what you said in the intro. I turn kids' dreams into reality. That's 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 my mission, in my work. Without outside excuses or circumstances holding them back. Get them to take ownership of their outcome, turning their dreams into reality. I'm happy to speak with anybody on how to do that. That's great. Thank you. Thank you, thank you so much, Hans. I thoroughly enjoyed. Well, it's it's a great pleasure. Thank you. It's it's really an honor to, uh, to be on your show and, and a great pleasure speaking with you. You are inspiring and motivating yourself. And, uh, and it's always fun to get together with you and chat about these things. So thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Wealth Matters podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes so others can enjoy the show too. Have a great week and happy investing.